Great. I want to speak to you today on a sermon topic called Understanding God's Timing. And I'm going to, I love teaching the Bible and preaching out of the Bible a lot of Bible verses. So uh, you would see your note paper is full of scriptures. So, Dwayne, here you are. Come on, you're just, I want to bless you with a book. Uh, as you, we were tr- praying for your wife and praying for everybody, I know you're serving us right now. Thank you so much, champ. I want to go, and if you have your Bibles, go to Habakkuk chapter 2 or go to your notes. Habakkuk, there's three chapters in this Bible, uh, in, this, in this book. And um, there's some well-known verses you might have heard before. But I'm trusting God that He will help you to understand when we go through difficult seasons and we have a promise and we don't always understand while we have the promise, we don't see it in fulfillment. I don't know if you've been in that situation. You had a promise from the Lord, a promise from a person, and you don't see it. Now, this is what the Lord says to Habakkuk. He says, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets. Very first scripture about iPads and uh, tablets. Okay. That he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. There's something about timing, and we have a promise that we don't always understand. Why is it waiting so long? I think about promises that God gave me many, many years ago. And and it was things that I thought, Lord, it's going to happen. It's now 10 years since I got ill, and God healed me from that illness. And I'm back, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. spoke to Pastor Baba today, and I want to honor him. Uh, uh, the journey is going through. Pastor Josh with Joel going through certain journeys. And, and I'm, if I know them, they trust God so many times for divine healing. And some of you are trusting God for that supernatural touch from the Lord. And then the question is, Lord, why does it take so long? So, in Ecclesiastics, chapter 3, it's all a a chapter about time. I'm just going to read a few scriptures there. Verse 11 says, He made everything beautiful in its time. Oh, I know. When you hear that, you think, well, this is not a beautiful moment. I don't feel like it's a beautiful moment. Who of you, and I heard a few of you are going on vacation or went on vacation. Vacation is not when we are at our destination. When we start thinking about it, planning, booking it, that's when it starts. And and when you have tough moments, right now it doesn't feel beautiful. Right now it feels like a valley, but there will come a season when you look back and you see how God brought you through, and said, thank you, Lord, because you're a God of miracles. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to be the God who helped you in the midst of that. And that's why uh, when we read, the second part of that is uh, in verse 13. And also, every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It's a gift of God. And I made some notes on that. said, enjoy the season. I know whatever God does. It shall be forever. Amen? 
it shall be forever. Now Habakkuk is describing his world in chapter 1, and he's saying what he's feeling. And maybe you feel like that. Maybe you feel like in your family circumstances, in your body, on your finances, where you're at right now, you feel, you feel deserted. You feel it's unfair. Look at his, how he writes this. He says, how long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. Why must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. Does that seem like a CNN news report? Or Fox News? Let's be fair. Or maybe your local newspaper? Does that feel like it's your story? Lord, I don't know why things are so unfair. Verse 4, it says, The law has become paralyzed, and there's no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous, so that justice has become perverted. In South Africa, we had a lot of corruption, and it's coming to, to light. They call it, actually call it the state capturing reports. Every industry was captured by crooks and criminals. Our electricity went up 350% in the last nine years. And when I look at the news reports and I see how many influential people have stolen from the normal, ordinary South Africans, it makes me very angry. And I feel like I hear these things, and some even was elected right now to parliament and are heading up teams and committees. I said, how can we allow corrupt people to rule us. How is it possible? Why don't the courts do anything? So I feel like Habakkuk is feeling. Lord, we are serving you so long, but we don't see the breakthrough. Look what how the Lord answers him. But just in a moment, you want to write this down. If it is not God's time, you cannot force it. But when it's God's time, you cannot stop it. Let me say it again. If it's not God's time, you cannot force it. But when it is God's time, you can't stop it. You see, sometimes it feels like it's taking forever. And I'm not seeing anything. But the Bible says, though it lingers, wait for it. You see, God's delays are not God's denials. And we many times think, because it's taking time, God has said no. Just because it's not our time, it doesn't mean it's a no. I stayed in Appaloosas, and I'm now staying in Jennings tonight, and I drove this morning from Appaloosas to here, and it was, my GPS said 40 miles per hour, and some places it was like 55, and there was nothing before me. And it felt super slow. Honestly, 55, I think, they, they, I don't, I'm not sure if someone will catch me, but I don't want to stay in a jail here in America. Um, but man, it feels like I'm sleeping so slow it is. And sometimes in life, we feel like the promises is taking forever. 
Lord, we had this word. Somebody promised me a job. Somebody promised me money or, or an area of where, where, how I will have breakthrough. I don't see it. I remember we were building our building. I had, man, I had millions in promises. In the last five years, and I'm not bitter about it, I've received several electric cars. Uh, I've received um, four by fours. I've received SUVs. Uh, but they're all still in the shop. I mean, some people brought me catalogs and say, Pastor, we just feel like God is saying we need to bless you. And, uh, but just pray for me that my transaction will go through. Man, I prayed for transactions to go through. I see it going through. But somehow that catalog got lost. But will it make me to stop doing good? No. Because people are not my source. God is. And this is what God is saying. He says, see the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright. But the righteous person will live by his or God's faithfulness. The righteous one shall live by faith. We don't live what we see. We live what God has deposited in our hearts. In Psalm 112, it says this. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. You see, my faith isn't just the result I want but it's based in the character and goodness of God. So no matter what I see or feel, I choose faith. And even my doubts, I still try to believe. If I don't see a way, God can always make a way. When I lose hope, with the Lord, there's always hope. When I'm hurt and I'm afraid, the Lord will never leave me nor forsake me. If it's unfair, it's an opportunity for breakthroughs coming in. It's when I see that the report is bad, it's those days that I trust in the Lord, who is my report. C.S. Lewis said the following, I'm sure that God keeps no one waiting unless he sees that it's good for him to wait. We can trust God to do what is best for us at the right time. Understanding God's time was hard for Habakkuk. You know what his name meant? His name literally meant to embrace or to wrestle. A committed believer can both wrestle with honest questions, but they need to embrace a genuine faith in God. When you are facing these hard things, these impossibilities, these things that are overwhelming, you know what you do? You trust God. When uh, we are preparing for Julian to come back and he has to raise support to come back to South Africa, and many people ask, why? Why do you need, don't, don't the church have enough? No, we don't. But we have enough faith, enough people getting saved to do it. You know what was the story? It was this thing. 
Now, Dad, God did it when I came to ORU, and we only had $10 to, to give me. God provided. God is going to do it again. And when you are facing those things, those promises, and that new world you are stepping in, like Dr. Scott with his new book and thing coming out, it's hard because people ask you, well, where will you get your money? You know, God is my source. God made a promise. And God is faithful in the midst of these things. When you receive the bad report about your health or about your finances, about some loved one, it's those moments that you say, Lord, I'm going to stay faithful because you are faithful. I will not curse my season. Look at what God answers Habakkuk in, in Habakkuk 1 verse 5. It says the following, Look at the nations and watch, and be utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. Have you been in that situation? You know what God is saying? I want to tell you something. Those people are haunting you right now. Those situations are overwhelming. I want to tell you this. I have a promise for you. And you will be amazed. And even though I told you it right now, you won't believe it. But it's coming. So let's go back to Habakkuk 2, where he writes about the vision. So we have the promise. Then God answered him and said, write this. Write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that he or it can be read on the run. Two things out of this. Again, the first time we read in the Bible about a billboard. Yeah, there. When you see a billboard driving on I-10, remember, the promises that God gave me should be written as big as a billboard. The second part of that is this. You know, sometimes we say, write the re- vision so that he reads, may run with it. No, no, no. It's write the vision so that it can be read on the run. As the enemy are chasing you, and as you are facing these hard things, remember the promise that God gave you. It's those moments when you're running and everything feels like it's falling that you ground yourself in the promises of God. He says this vision message is a witness pointing to what is coming. It aches for coming. It can hardly wait. It doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, it's on its way. It will come on the right time. In chapter 1, he was wondering. He had a crisis of belief. In chapter 2, he was told to wait. In chapter 3, the tone changes. In verse 20, in chapter 2, it says, Let all the earth be silent before him. And this is what it goes. He's he's going and he starts a new tune, a new song. And the song is called Shigenot. Can you say with me, Shigenot? So this is really hard, okay. Shigenot. It's not a curse word. It actually means strong emotion, impassionate, passionate praise, wild, passionate singing, 
swirling, turning around. High spirit of praise. You see, praise is punctuated with exclamation marks. And when he's saying this on the song theme of Shigenot, Julian, can you come and help me, please? Do a Shigenot for us. The most passionate praise is the praise before provision. It's that moment, Lord, I will praise you no matter what. It's when we start to praise you, Lord, give me a faith that worships when everything feels wrong. And a faith that believes when it doesn't see. And when you are in the hard places, in the valleys, that's when you start to praise God. Look what he says. He says, I heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Repeat them in our days, Lord. Remember that song that we so many times sing? I've seen you move. Come move the mountains. And I'll believe. I'll see you do it again. You made a way when there was no way. I believe and I'll see you do it again. So what do I do when I'm not on a mountaintop and I'm in the valley? Two things. Number one is, I remember God's goodness. I remember the seasons where God brought breakthrough. Where God provided when there was no ways. When God opened a door when there was no doors. I remember the times of provision in the midst of hardship. I remember the healings. I remember the times that God showed up when I felt all alone. In the valleys is where we live most of our lives. It's in the valleys we start to learn that I will fill my words, my life with His praises. It's in the valleys where I remember the goodness of God. And it's also the place where I embrace the promises of God. That God is still on the throne. God has always been good. And God has always been faithful. I trust in Him, even if I don't understand. You see, we may enjoy God on the mountaintops. But we learn to trust Him. Next two slides, please. Learn to trust Him in the valleys. Let's go to that one. We may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we learn to trust Him in the valleys. Just after that, that slide you on now. Thank you. Let's pause there. There's a story about a, a, a young man who wrote to a church and had this request. If the church are able to pay for his headstone on his grave. And I said, um, he once inscribed an edge on the headstone, the following words, forgive me for the days that I wasn't grateful. And the pastor went to see him and he said, what happened? He had a terrible life, not a God-honoring life. And I heard I had an illness that I only had three or four days to live. I said, well, you're still alive after a few weeks. Said, yes. The thing I've learned 
was I wasn't grateful for the times and the seasons where there was provision. And so I want, when people walk past my graveside, to remember this following thing, that I have to be thankful. Forgive me for the days that I wasn't grateful. May we be in a place where we are grateful in the midst of challenges. Where we don't understand God's time is where we embrace His promises. Can you stand with me, please? I want to read a scripture as I close. Out of Romans 8, 35. And take it as a promise today over your life. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Verse 37. Now despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or on the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that's revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. When we go through tough seasons, it's hard to know, Lord, where are you? But realize that God never promised that we will have comfort in our lives. And that's the place of success. He promised that He will never leave us nor forsake us. He said, in this world you have all have trouble. In this world you will be persecu persecuted. In this world you will face big mountains. But I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then the Amplified says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never relax my hold on you. I will not, and I will not, in any decree, leave you nor forsake you. So in the midst of hard times, that's our prayer. Lord, I thank you that this deep valley will become a mountaintop. And when I look through the valleys and look through the mountaintops, I know where does my help come from. My help comes from the heavens and come from the Lord that made this earth. Can I pray with you? If you are overwhelmed by situations right now, I want to pray for that situations that will become God-honoring building stones. If you are facing something, just raise your hand. We're going to pray. Lord, we bring this burden before you, this hard thing before you. And Lord, we thank you that these things have to bow its knees before the living God. I thank you, Lord, for miracles to happen in Jesus' name. Amen.